This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome back to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I don't need a dog in the fight, a horse in the race, a pony in the stable to enjoy football like that. Man, that was good stuff. The last three football games over the weekend in divisional round play lived up to expectation. Only one blowout, the Ravens over the Texans, and that was only a blowout in the second half. Glad you're with me today. It's a celebration of the running back position. And I know everybody's going to say, why is he here? He goes again, ignoring the quarterback factor. No way, man. I'm not going to ignore it. Let me sing the praises of Patrick Mahomes because nobody's ever done that before. The win over Buffalo last night in what was a classic playoff game, a cleanly played, evenly fought game. He was terrific. He was 17 out of 23. He ran the ball well when he needed to as well. Mahomes is the only guy in NFL history now to have five consecutive seasons when he has won two or more playoff games. That's amazing. Tom Brady didn't do it. Brett Favre didn't do it. It's incredible what this cat is accomplishing. And he's still just a baby for that position. But... Let's let me go back to the first game of the weekend, and that's Baltimore 34 and the Texans 10. CJ Stroud lived up to his hype. He acquitted himself fine. He played just fine. But what the Texans couldn't do is run the football. Devin Singletary, who had a rebirth this year after a pedestrian career in Buffalo, was shut down. Nine carries uh, for just 22 yards. The Ravens had the ball all night. What was it? 37-35 of possession time. 37 and a half minutes of football possession. That's incredible. 229 yards rushing for the Ravens, who couldn't get it done in the first half, and it was Lamar Jackson who ran the football. 11 carries for 100 yards. He ran for two touchdowns. He passed for two touchdowns. He looked like old Lamar hot-headed and frustrated in the first half, but he put his head down and grinded it out in the second half, and that's why the Ravens advanced and did so cleanly. Now, here's an accomplishment for C.J. Stroud and first-year head coach D'Amico Ryans. They are only the third combo of rookie head coach quarterbacks to win a playoff game. That's that's amazing when you think about it. Only three times in an hour. It's weird when both pair up, a quarterback and his head coach, be in their first seasons. And it's not first seasons with that team. It's first season in his career. Ryans and Stroud joined some elite company over the weekend, joining John Harbaugh and Joe Flacco. And Flacco was terrific as a young player, especially in the playoffs. Uh, joining Ben Roethlisberger, who did that with Bill Cower before Mike Tomlin took the job in Pittsburgh. So it's a lousy finish for the Texans, but they are a very good 
young ball club victimized by a veteran head coach and a veteran team that knows how to win in a street fight. John Harbaugh's Ravens had Ravens had only three penalties on the day. They had a terrific, ter- it was a fantastic. Gus Edwards got involved. Justice Hill got involved with the running game. Running backs, you need them when you want to win a champion. You don't need them when you want to pay people. But when it comes time to win playoff games or salt away games during the regular season, they're the guys whose numbers you call. The 49ers and Packers Saturday night was bad fortune for Green Bay. A couple of missed field goals keep Jordan Love in his first year as the Green Bay starter from going on to the NFC Championship game. 49ers 24 and the Packers 21. Brock Purdy wasn't perfect in this game by any stretch, but the 49ers protected him, and when they needed to, they ran the football. It was Christian McCaffrey's big burst, his home run, and that's why they pay him the big dollars because he is their most valuable player, and I don't think there's any debating that. It looked a little grim for the Niners when Debo Samuel went out and did not return with an injury. Brandon Ayuk's a great player. George Kittle's a terrific player. But it's Christian McCaffrey who makes those 49ers go. And uh, it, it was it was McCaffrey's big run that did it. it. Overcame a lousy performance for the most part by the San Francisco offense. And once again, penalties play a huge role. In, in these game and you, you games, you got to go to the coaching staff and give them credit and the players too, for being disciplined and not being stupid. The teams that had a lot of penalties teams like Houston, they had 11 penalties, 49ers pretty buttoned down there as were the lions in the first game on Sunday. Congratulations. If you're a lions fan, that was fun too. 31 to 23. The final, this is primarily a quarterback win, Uh, From an offensive standpoint for Detroit, I'm going to talk about their defense in a second. But Jared Goff was the best player on the field on on Sunday in the early game. Lions 31 and the Buccaneers 23. Not a bad day for Baker Mayfield. He's going to continue in Tampa, it appears. He threw for 349 yards. They have no running game in Tampa. Maybe they should have taken that a little bit more seriously when they constructed their roster. Rashad White, I mean, you got to do better than Rashad White and uh, Chase Edmonds if you're going to be taken seriously. The combination of former Bear David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs was serviceable for the Lions. And again, it's coaching that keeps you running the football and trying to keep time of possession relatively reasonable when you're a passing team. Now, the Lions threw it way more than they ran it. They're big, too. Monty and Gibbs had 19 carries collectively. Gibbs with an eight yards per carry uh, average. He, he was, you know, he was okay, but it was Goff who won the game for them. Defensively, Detroit was terrific. And it wasn't just Aiden Hutchinson. They got after the quarterback. They made Baker Mayfield run around all afternoon, and they came up with turnovers. That has not been a signature for Detroit. Dan Campbell's defense has struggled in its takeaways. They've given up gash plays, and that's how it started on the first snap of the game for the Buccaneers. They moved the chains with a big gain of 15, 16 yards, but Detroit took it away. 
and Detroit advances to the NFC title game for the first time since January of 92 when Eric Kramer and the Lions, right after their win over the Cowboys, got pasted by the Washington Redskins in the title game before Washington went on to beat Buffalo in the NFC title game in a Super Bowl or in the Super Bowl that was played in the Metrodome, the Bills versus Washington. Joe Gibbs, the winner in that one. All right, last night's game between the Chiefs and the Bills was almost as good, I thought, as the Lions and Rams in Wild Card Weekend. It was going to be hard to top that one because the the storyline of the Lions' all-time leading passer, Matthew Stafford, going back home, Ford Field, to take on Jared Goff, who quarterbacked the Rams to a Super Bowl a few years ago. This Chiefs-Bills matchup is becoming what Brady versus Manning was. It is every bit as compelling. You got the best quarterback in the game today, undeniably, despite not having a Mahomesian season. Mahomes is the best. You can spin it however you want. This guy or that guy or this guy being there... You're, you're nuts if you don't choose Patrick Mahomes without thinking about it over anybody in the league. And that's not to take anything away from Josh Allen or the up-and-comer C.J. Stroud. You're building a franchise. You still take Mahomes. He's, he's a quarterback. He's 28, 29 years old. He's got, he's got some time left. You're going to be okay there. Um, the game was free of sacks. There weren't turnovers. You had Buffalo with its improved running game physically matching up, and Allen was more a part of that than you'd like. You'd love to have a combination of running backs who can shoulder 20 carries like the Lions have, like the Ravens had. It's not ideal to have your quarterback as as the Ravens had to do. Now, they had other running backs contributing, but it was Jackson who led them in rushing yards. The combination of Cook and Allen, really good. 30 carries for 133 yards. That, that's what Buffalo has been missing. I've been saying that for several years. Why aren't the Bills taking some of the burden off of their quarterback? He's a big dude, and he likes to run. He's good at it. But give this man some help. And they did. James Cook is here. Dalvin Cook's little brother has arrived, and he was really good. But uh, the Bills still not enough. And who was the home run hitter late for the Chiefs? Even though they didn't cash in because of the fumble out of, out of the end zone by Nicole Holman, uh, Hardman, it was um, Nicole Holman. Did I call him Nicole? My sweet Nicole. It was Isaiah Pacheco, the angry Pacheco who was the workhorse, 15 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. Andy Reid, man, it is so cool to see him go to ground Reid in the postseason. That was not something that was part of how he coached earlier in his career. You saw the Chiefs early when he arrived. You saw it in Philadelphia Sometimes the absence of a commitment to pounding, even when it's not working, had cost him chances to win games, even in the postseason. That was applicable, but not anymore. A few years ago, the Chiefs salting away the AFC championship game to keep the great Derrick Henry off the field 
for Tennessee, and they did that to the best of their ability yesterday. Even though that thing was pretty much split in time of possession, it it was it was the efforts of the the collective of Pacheco, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, not much of a factor in this one, and Patrick Mahomes who carried the ball six times, and he had a big long run, I think, of what fourteen yards or so that moved the chains. And he can he can do that when he needs to, and that is what makes him complete. They don't have to win because of his legs. They've had Pacheco to do that. And over time, you have seen the absence of Tyreek Hill take its toll on the Chiefs offense. Still waiting for somebody like Rice. I, I don't think you know you're gonna see any more growth out of Nicole Hardman. I think his ceiling already has been achieved, but you don't have that Juju Smith-Schuster there last year. Kelsey had an awesome game. I've gone too far into the show without mentioning Travis Kelsey because America cannot get enough of the Kelsey brothers, whether they're wearing shoulder pads or they're shirtless in a sky suite with an international superstar country singer. Uh, and if you're tired of the Kelsey brothers, guess what? You may want to leave the planet for the next three or four weeks because they ain't going anywhere. Chiefs and Bills was a classic. Here's an example of how gambling can really screw up your enjoyment of the game. And I got over it quickly. And I'm glad the Chiefs advanced. I like the Chiefs. Andy Reid is a likable guy. The quarterback has done nothing wrong. You know, because people would love to see a guy who's making more than a half a billion dollars a year, every year in his career, just for the football part of it. They'd love to see him fall. He hasn't given you a reason to dislike him yet. I, I, I have not seen any blips. He has complained about some things now and again with officiating, but he's goddamn right on everything he's raised an issue with. The Chiefs are easy to root for. But the Bills haven't been there in so long. I bet the Chiefs. It was the only move I made all weekend. I sat on my hands most of Wild Card weekend. I played a couple of props. This weekend, the only thing I felt really good about was Kansas City. Now, I thought going into the game, maybe San Francisco would be the easy one. Maybe San Francisco will will do what a lot of teams do against clubs that overachieve late in the year and then have an unexpected, perhaps unexpected road playoff victory. They're done. I thought the Packers might fall prey to that, but it was evidenced early. The Packers knew exactly the, the, the recipe for dumping the 49ers. Now was do exactly what they did in Dallas, run the ball, run the ball, keep the ball, score points, take the crowd out of it. They outplayed them. They lost. So we get to this Bills setback, and I start to think about the suffering of a fan base in a city that has very little outside of its football team, and I'm a sentimental sap, admittedly. 30 seconds after the game ended, it occurs to me, man, those poor guys in Buffalo, I kind of wish they were going. It's been too long. It has been too long for a team that's been really good these last five, six years. Now it's, it was a long chasm, a long time between those four, that fourth straight Super Bowl loss and the Josh Allen tenure in Buffalo. They waited a long time for Sean McDermott to come along and Mr. McDermott 
and get this team back to Super Bowl contention. They get there again and again. They just can't get it done against Mahomes. I felt bad for him. I'll take the hundred bucks and not feel guilty about it. But had it gone the other way, had Buffalo, had Buffalo won that thing, I'd have been very happy for the Bills, and I wouldn't have thought twice about losing the dollar on the game because Buffalo is a team that's easy to root for in a city that gets dumped snow on it all. Yeah. It seems like all year, every year in December, January, and February, there's video, whether the bills are playing or not, Buffalo in Western New York is one of those American towns that just gets covered, just gets blanketed. And all they have other than they're only a, what an hour and 20 minutes or so from Toronto, but they only have the Sabres outside of the bills and wings. And Patrick Kane's cabbie. I think he's still employed. Uh, I have no idea. But Buffalo has very low. Cool movie shot in Buffalo. Jim Carrey. Bruce Almighty. Nice look at Buffalo. Uh, But uh, (laughs) Kansas City moves on. And, uh, you know, I I can get behind that. I like Mahomes. I I don't know how you don't. So I, I submit to you, Divisional Play Weekend is an example of why running backs are the most oppressed positionally speaking, the most oppressed athletes in pro team sports today. They get treated like they are part of the equipment. They get no chance most of the time at a second contract with the team they busted their ass for. You get that rookie contract and very few of them are real good deals now because for a long time, teams are taking fewer and fewer running backs in the first round, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, one other cat this year, first rounders, just three. Used to be way more running backs who go in the first round. And you don't get the salary, but you get the signing bonus when you're an early pick. And that doesn't happen a whole heck of a lot anymore. So, yeah, you got to have two of them because of the high rate of injury. Because of that, you don't want to pay the number one, definitively, uh, the number one, uh, colossal money unless he's Christian McCaffrey, unless he's Adrian Peterson a few years ago. There haven't been a ton of those guys. And when you see the guys who have been paid and how quickly they fall off the the map, it's easy to understand why. And you have to go back to the uh, Sean Alexander MVP season of 0-5 in Seattle when I think he scored 27 touchdowns and the Seahawks rewarded him with an enormous contract and he busted, he busted out. Same thing with Ezekiel Elliott, not the same player he was after he got the big money. So I understand their reticence, but it's, it's an unfair game business wise for guys who play that position. And I say it jokingly, but there's some truth to it. I think the running backs would have every reason, plausible reasons, to pursue some sort of covenants in the next CBA that pertains exclusively to their position. Maybe shorten the length of their rookie deals. Maybe they don't have to wait as long as everybody else. Give them an opportunity to test the waters after three years. It's it's just not equitable. And if you don't have a great one, if you don't have a great one, one with burst, too, like Pacheco, for as tough as he is, 
that son of a bitch can run. The acceleration he exhibited when getting the ball just inside the five-yard line by the Hardman turnover, which gave us a chance to see the dumbest rule in football, the the out-of-the-end-zone reversal of possession. Can you see Herbert of the Bears, Khalil Herbert, bursting away from people like that? No. No, you can't. And that was a huge play. Didn't result in points, was a turnover. But when you got a guy like that or McCaffrey, whose long touchdown run did it for the 49ers, overcoming um, Brock Purdy's, what, he had two picks, I think, the other night. Purdy, no, he was he was pickless. I'm thinking of, of Purdy when I saw him just a few weeks back. But uh, the running backs, I hope they get it together next offseason and they find a way to uh, to get more money because they certainly deserve it. And I'm heartened by the fact that the running game matters and the world we saw evolving into just an offensive circus six seasons ago, seven seasons ago, uh, that has dissipated, hasn't it? Do you remember mid-November of 18 when the Chiefs and Rams played a 54-51 Monday nighter? Mahomes and Goff, then under the direction of Sean McVay, passing for 900 yards. I remember how despondent Dave Wanstead was a day or two later. He literally was sad over the direction the game. I said to my wife, Jen, I don't know how you stop it. I couldn't coach it. He was pissed. He was upset. And I said, Dave, all, all will come around. It all comes back. It all circles back. And sure enough, McVay and the Rams had no had no running game in that Super Bowl, and they lost to the Patriots, who played ugly because their offense wasn't clicking. Brady and the Patriots beating the L.A. Rams 13-3 to in the lowest-scoring Super Bowl ever. I'm okay with these low-scoring games. 27-24, like last night, is perfect. And I wouldn't even call that low-scoring. 24-21, Niners over the Packers. That's enough points for me. Give me some defense. Give me few penalties. Give me teams that convert on third down, but, you know, defense is toughen up in the red zone and make plays and force field goals. That's what happened. That's what killed the Packers. The Niners' defense stiffened when it had to. Running game and defense. There is hope for, for those of us who love those things. Guys like my Highland football defensive coordinator, Al Holock. Peace, Coach Olock. I know Coach Shelbourne will pass it along to you. (laughs) And thanks for teaching me to cheat and scoot a little bit to the right of center before the snap, even though Rat wasn't called. I want to thank our executive producer, Sam Michael, for taking care of business behind the scenes today. Adam Delavant runs the show for the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Also, thanks to Randy Merkin, who is busy trying to get us a very special treat or two to preview championship uh, weekend. I doubt I'll only do one more this week because we've got feelers out on some pretty big names, and I feel real confident we're going to get you some really good Detroit Lions preview with a couple of players, at least one player who are hugely a part of that team's history. Troy Mocker and Alex Pastor, thank you as well. Have a good start to your week. Back with more during championship week in just a couple of days on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I love running backs, and I am Dan McNeil. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.